Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. Christmas. Happy Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas. <laughs> At what point did you realize? <laughs> That's a full question. Full question. At what point did you realize? <laughs> At what point did I realize that this is Happy Christmas? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, man. Um... I think, I think after the first guy, mm-hmm, where, George, where where she saw the blood, and she was like, "That's weird." And then I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, you'll you'll hear three stories tonight. It's Christmas. I get it. All right, yeah." We're here. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. How about you? It was uh, when Gwendolyn came up and talked to her. Mm-hmm. And then said, you'll hear some stories tonight. I was like, oh, we're doing this, are we? Nice. <laughs> like, that was my initial reaction. Like, I'm like, okay, like Christmas in a pub. All right. Like, cool family story time. This is great. And then she was suddenly like, just so you know, there will be a visitor tonight. She was literally like, sometimes the locals come in to tell stories. I was like, oh, we're doing this. Yep. The ghosts of Christmas past and the ghosts of Christmas present and the ghosts of Christmas future. I didn't think we were going to go future. I was like, okay, this is structured in this way, but I don't I don't think we can really go future. And then we went future future. We did. Yeah. Um, oh, this was in my lifetime and I feel bad about it. Um, I s- assume he was from the Iraq war. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that confidently. Probably wrong. But or I the war in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Taliban. He kept yep, talking. with the Taliban. Okay, so that's probably Afghanistan, actually. I but, like, they happened kind of at the same time, right? In my mind, yes. And it was, like, overlapping, sort of, like, one led to the other. And it had to, like, it was a lot of, like, political, like, we yeah. used this as a springboard for this. Yeah. Uh, it's like this happened in my lifetime my brother was on was one of the first troops deployed out to Iraq so I should know this I do not (sighs) but yep it's 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 a Christmas story a Christmas carol it is it certainly is Gwendolyn is Jacob Marley Okay, I, I was like, I thought Gwendolyn was Rachel, but then I, I, now I'm with you. Now I've caught up. 
I I mean, it's not a direct one-to-one. It's kind of just, like, taking the structure of it. Uh-huh. Because, like, Rio's not a Scrooge character, although she was kind of grumpy. She was so grumpy. Like, I w- when I was reading this, I was like, Rio's kind of being a bitch. Like, I'd, I'm fine with it, but... She's like, oh my god, Jelly McGrath is so embarrassing. <laughs> fucking losing her fucking shoe. Can't believe this bitch. So, like, what you're saying is that Rio was just the voice that Austin always does as an impression of me. Like, <laughs> Jillian McGrath is oh my such god. a bitch. Oh my, oh my god. god. Don't be a bitch. Gare is like the fucking worst. Oh my god, he's so racist and terrible, <laughs> and he smells. That was the other thing was we kind of reverted back to nobody likes Hansu Pang anymore, which like I realized that this took place at a different point than where we ended the books, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So this took place like right after they got to England, before mm-hmm. they went to North Africa. Yes. So this was like a training mission in Wales. So weird to read back in this perspective, having just finished Purple Hearts and mm-hmm. like seeing how far everyone's come and like like Rio and Gear were like good by the end. Oh right, God. like I what do you want me to do? Come be mad at Gear on Christmas after he like went through all of that growth? <laughs> Yep. But he hasn't yet. <laughs> and, and she, but okay, here's the weird thing. I don't remember how she treated Jack prior to them making out on the boat. Mm-hmm. They made out, though. No, right? When did they make out? I don't remember anymore. Was this did, did this Dead of Night take place after they made out or before they made out? It makes sense that it would be after, but I don't remember if that's true. I feel like they said in the book that it had happened. Okay. Maybe not. It didn't feel important to note it. Okay. I, I just I like I thought it was weird because I didn't remember how they because I thought they were pretty cool with each other before they made out. And then that's when it was like, oh, no, that was bad. I'm going to avoid him because I'm in love with Fran Braxton. Yeah. And it there was very much the tones throughout this entire thing of like, I like Jack, but no, like, I'm not yeah. going to even go there. And then mm-hmm. and then like a weird like, did he have a girlfriend that he's not telling me about? Yeah, like, oh, that's weird. Yep. Very. I don't know. And Cole is back. We got Cole again. We got Cole again, who I very much missed. I didn't even realize how much I missed him until I was reading this again. Right, because he didn't get any sort of like closure in the last part of Purple Hearts, which I just realized reading this. I was like, oh yeah, Cole. We never found out if he was like married or if he made it back alive or what what his deal was. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And and like the other thing throughout this book is that like Cole, you know, this was before they went through all the shit together and Cole was kind of like, Women in the military, I don't know about this. Yeah. 
it's just so weird to like revert back all the growth that we've had and go back. It was super weird. Yeah. Oh, shit. This is like first book shit. Like yeah. middle of first book shit. Yeah. That's weird. Because, yeah, like, the last time we saw Cole, he had he had just gotten shot in the leg and was being sent home. Yeah, and Rhea was sad. I mean, we were all sad. I was, was sad. Tall. Yeah. He's the best. He shot He's... a watermelon seed through his front teeth. God. What a dork. He's a dork. And he's so much younger than we thought he was. So much younger. He's like, mid-20s, and we thought he was, like, 40. I thought he was 40. I don't know about you. I, I didn't think he was 40, but I thought he was older than mid-20s. Yeah. Shit. Uh, the objective. The objective. The objective. Matt's dad, instead of saying industry, he says industry. On purpose or like? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like he could say industry if he wanted to. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Anyway, it's fine. I really like this cover a Me lot. Me too. I do not resent it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, delightful man. Delightful man. So yeah, A little Christmas book is. Let's see. 85 pages something like yeah. that yeah just a little guy want to take a guess at how many pages of notes i took three <laughs> well, it's pretty close nice it's pretty close i took four nice yeah how's it feel to be back in the note taking saddle pretty uh intense Ooh. i like i started taking notes and then i was like you know, like when you haven't done something in a while and you're just like, is this too much? Is this too mm -hmm. little? Yep. Have I ever done this before? Do I yep. know what notes are? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not like I, it's not like I don't take notes. I still do the D&DB summaries. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you take notes like every week or whatever. Yeah. It's not like I'm not taking notes in my life. It's just like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, and I actually, um, I, I feel as though I must have taken notes for Silver Stars and yet zero recollection of ever doing that. I must have, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Cause I did one and three. So yeah, you would have done two. Oh my god. I must have. And I, I was like, I've never like literally I was like on page two, like, oh, I've never written front lines notes before. And then I was like, I'm I must have <laughs> <laughs> Shit, listen, listen. We're all we're all doing our best and trying to remember things, and we just sometimes we can't. It's fine. It's gone. It's not important. It's why we have a spreadsheet. We write stuff down. We um, cry. Yeah. I cry. You probably don't cry. No, not about no. Well, no, not about anything. You didn't cry at Coco. I didn't cry at Coco. Okay, speaking of memory loss, this is eluding me. We were talking the other day, and you were saying there was one movie in particular that almost made you cry. I don't remember what it was. And you Shit. were like, this is the closest I've come to crying in my life at a movie. 
and I don't remember what the movie was. It's been driving me nuts, clearly. I don't remember either, but I remember having that conversation. Right, right. And I oh oh the Doctor Who Doctor Who the, oh the Van, Van Gogh episode. the Van Gogh episode. Yep yep yep. Okay, we, yeah. we did it. That's the closest. That's probably the closest that I've ever gotten to. It's just it's just such a beautiful moment though. Like, mm-hmm. can we talk about that episode for just a second? We can. <laughs> okay, like spoilers for Doctor Who, I guess. From like five to eight years ago. <laughs> right. The Matt Smith era. The Matt Smith era. Like middle of the Matt Smith era. That mm-hmm. Van Gogh episode. Like, I oftentimes forget that there was 30 minutes of other shit that happened in that episode. Mm-hmm. All I remember is them being like, we have to convince him not to kill himself by taking him to his own exhibit and, like, look at everything that you did. Like, look at all the stuff that you created and what an impact it had on people and you thought your life was nothing and look at... Mm-hmm. And, like, just hearing the curator, too, which was, like, yeah. what, Bill Nye or whatever? Is that who it was? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Probably. I don't know. It's but one just, of them old British dudes. That one of the love. old British respected actors that's in everything. Yeah. And just like him being like, I don't think anybody has ever taken all of their pain and poured it so purely into the sheer joy and expression of color and beauty that Van Gogh has. And I don't think anyone ever will again. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> so I love that moment. Mm-hmm. It's so episode. good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, this is good. It's it's like so many good notes, like especially like if you draw or do anything creatively, uh-huh. like the mixture of you get to know if you made an impact after you're gone, you get your work appreciated, you know that like somehow you made it in one way or another and like I don't know. It's just, it's a mix of so many good messages that are, mm-hmm. it just get me. Yeah. Like sometimes shows will do that. They'll like kind of give a nod to like the creative people in a way that's, that's like really profound and very like personal. And you can tell like another artist was like, like behind this and they're like talking to you and it's like, Oh, thank you. I feel so seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Like the like the I'm going to art school kid from Flapjack. God, yeah. That's all of us at one point. <laughs> we were all that kid. We were all that kid. <laughs> oh. It's a good episode. I should go back and watch some of Doctor Who. Yeah? Like yeah. Tenant and Matt Smith era? Yeah, probably like Eccleston through Mm-hmm. Some of Matt Smith. Just a couple. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's, Matt Smith, like, was definitely kind of where I started to be like, well, I don't know. Eccleston and Tennant are my jam. I, and I just, I love, I love Rose, too. Because she was a big part of that. Oh, my God. Billy Piper. Like, it's not just, like, oh, which doctor is your favorite? It's also, like, which companion is your favorite? And it's, like, I love Rose. I love Martha. I love Donna. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to Amy and Rory, I just, like, don't remember being that 
jazzed about them. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I Rory made it like I I don't care at all for Rory. I don't dislike him. I just don't care at all. So and it's like, eh, Amy Pond's cool, but like you know. Yeah, I just I just remember them being like fighting a lot and just being like the couple with the problems or something. I don't know. And I was just like, I don't. This isn't my dynamic i don't i'm not into this yeah it was it was because it was like amy's in love with the doctor right but she's destined for rory and he's hopelessly in love with her and like there's a couple like highlight moments like that i i think are good but then also like as soon as they like i thought the storyline of him becoming the soldier that like sits outside and guards her prison thing Mm -hmm. for century like the centurion thing I was like, that's like, I liked that storyline, but at the same time, I'm like, damn, Rory, just leave. Like, she's clearly interested in the doctor. Like, go find yourself somebody who will love you back for, like, who you are and have, like, your own empowering timeline. Yeah, you don't want to, like, have a story where it's like, oh, I settled for you. Even yeah. Though- and then she finds out that she, this spoilers for Doctor Who, again. Then she finds out that she is the his mother-in-law the doctor's mother-in-law because the doctor that's right married river song and she's river song's mom that's right yeah fucking weird that's like some star wars shit yeah it was so fucking weird (laughs) and that was kind of like the whole like oh you can't you can't be in love with the doctor anymore right and it's like why why is that like listen you could have put so many other like plot beats in there for why this couldn't happen why this one it really overshadows the entire idea that the doctor and river song are aging in reverse orders and missing each other in all these timelines even though they're in love like that's a very interesting storyline of course we do have to disregard that the doctor had an entire family on gallifrey and kids and everything that died in the horrible war that haunts him right (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I forgot I knew this much about Doctor Who. I, I, yeah, everything you're saying, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Right, about that. like, and I forget until it's coming out of my mouth, and I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. I've kind of forgotten it as well. That's crazy. That's oh wild. Shit, man, I really want to go out, back and watch some episodes. Like, oh, I want to watch The Weeping Angels because I love that oh one. Oh my god, yeah. I loved the like haunted train one oh the uh the murder on the orient express like nod episode yeah yeah those were like those are like two of my my top two of um i think that was tenants era and like ah, what are some other <laughs> we don't have um, to talk about doctor who but the girl in the fireplace arc was really good that's another tenant one and she the girl in the fireplace is like the princess or whatever and that's like another whole like mystery time mm-hmm. weird one. Mm-hmm. I remember like bits, but I don't remember episode. Oh, the whale in space. Oh yeah, which was a Star Trek plot. Was it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but like it's oh, it doesn't mean it's bad at all. I remember liking it. Good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this 
Anyway, it's the plot of Frontline's Dead of Night. <laughs> That's right. Shall we, shall we get into the book we came here to talk about instead of Doctor Who? Okay. I feel like we've already like ruined what this entire like. There's not going to be a mystery of what this is going to turn out like. That's fine. It's all fine. It's like I feel like people should know by now if they want to read Frontlines. We're going to talk about spoilers at the beginning. Like that's just a thing oh. that's been happening. Also, like it's not like they're coming into the episode like I'm only here for the twenty minutes of banter and then I'm going to pause to read and <laughs> then get back into it. Like if you're reading along, you're reading along, and if yep, you're yep. not, you're not. <laughs> yep, it's fine. It's all fine. Yeah, this is. I I'm very excited to talk about this. Okay. It is Christmas Eve, and our merry band of soldier boys and girls are on a training mission in Wales. It is rainy and foggy and chilly, and Jillian Magrath is stuck in some mud, which is agitating everyone, especially Rio, because it's giving gear incentive to make comments against women again. They didn't have a rope, so they just started looping their belts together. They managed to toss her a line and drag her out, but she loses a boot, which is... Just a crime against humanity, as far as this entire troop is concerned. How about that? How about that? Whatever. It's fine. Cole is attempting to salvage his training session. He's ordering them into the ABCs, which everyone stares at him blankly. Except for Rio, himself, Stick, and his staff sergeant, because they read the manual. So he's like, okay idiots who didn't read the handbook here's what this means and it's basically just like a formation like there's the point a which is the one person out front the point b which is the bar carriers and then c is like fucking everybody else so they're trying to do this thing but the fog is like so thick they can't see anything in front of them like literally they're like find a landmark and they're like we have two feet of visibility eventually they do see this like light that's cutting through the fog and they can smell meat and Cole's like head towards this pub and Rio's like how do you know that that's what a pub is and we learn a valuable lesson you have five senses which he asks Rio what they are and she's like uh uh shit I don't know um he's like how about smell how about that one and then she's like oh yeah shit that makes sense and he points out they can smell cooking meat this is probably a pub I loved that detail because she relies on smell so much in the later books. Same, same, same. That was my first thought. I was like, yeah, because every time they come across the Germans, it's like they smelled the sauerkraut, they smelled the tobacco. And he mentions the tobacco thing yeah. right now. Holy shit. Yeah. I love that. It was so, I loved that detail so much. I went, mm -hmm. I went batshit over that detail. <laughs> As Rio, Cole, and Gear step into the small, squat, and very old pub, the barman immediately started to pull a drink. He has weird gray hair that's balding. He was very thin, gaunt, and he had blue, roomy eyes, which is one of my favorite descriptors is roomy eyes. It just immediately gives me something I'm looking for. Like rheumatism? Yeah, like you, when they're all, like, white. Like, yeah, rheumatism, but, but like, all white, like, and wet and, like... Like cataracts? Like cataracts, but like then also like unfocused and like oh, gooey. Like, like a zombie. Yeah. yeah, but like, or like a cow. Like, you know a cow that has like weird like, like old cow? I don't know how to describe this. Oh, Cows like, like a disembodied cow eye in like a science lab. 
I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm throwing spaghetti at the walls of your mind. My mind is uncooked. <laughs> my mind is covered in uncooked spaghetti. My mind's covered in uncooked spaghetti. <laughs> Who knew? I'm basically like just a fucking girl. Like you're just gonna <laughs> pop over my head. And there's just uncooked spaghetti. Make room for the tuna. To make room for the tuna. Okay, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Do not be sorry for I that. Am. But yeah, I don't know. There's just this very specific specific thing with roomy eyes that it like gives me this immediate like. It's it, I. It's a thing of both. This person is just like old and like they're not quite all there. But also like if you're gonna take it into this sort of like ethereal like god plane that like michael granted i feel like roomy eyes are also like oh because they're seeing like stars and beyond into galaxies beyond what you can see they're looking at something on a different plane than you are i love that yeah so like when it happened i was like oh that's a great descriptor but then later i was like of course because he can see into the ghost world like if they told me the elemist had roomy eyes i'd be like absolutely that makes sense that fuck that that motherfucker. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, roomy eyes. There you go. Uh, Cole's like, "Hey, can you tell us where we are?" And he's like, "I bet I could." And then hands over a beer. <laughs> and Cole's like, "Will I? Will I?" And then he did. He took it. He's like, "I, I fucking will." These guys are idiots. Uh, and they, the barman starts pouring another drink and Rio's like, oh, there's this young woman behind the counter who looks exactly like my dead sister, except she has red hair. And so this girl's like, why are you staring at me? And Rio's like, oh, shit, uh, and tries to like look away. And uh, then the barman's like, everybody come over for Christmas dinner. My wife made enough food for 86 people. Like, Somehow in the war where there's no rations. Right. This should have really been our first, like, indicator that, like, something's not right. I mean, yeah. it, it never seemed right. Yeah. But, like, we should have doubted this more at this point. Yeah, that's very sus. That's very, very sus. It's oh, very wow. Sus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. You invite everybody over for Christmas dinner. Uh, all the soldiers start, like, piling into the room, and, and uh, Cole's like, rule number one, never miss a hot meal and a place to sleep. And Rio's like, how many rule number ones do you have, Cole? Because this is, like, the 48th rule number one that you've told us. Um, whatever. Everybody piles in. They all get together, start, like, pu like, pulling the tables together, making sure that everybody can sit in this, like, one long mess table so that they're all having a family meal. Uh, Kat and Tilo jump up and help them start bringing out food. And they have this, like, unexpectedly nice family dinner. Um, and afterwards, they all kind of, like, disperse a little bit and, like, go to their corners, play cards, have conversations. And Rio retreats to this corner where she can stretch out her legs and dry her boots by the fire. And Jack was there, too, right by the fire. And she's like, is it awkward that we're sitting together or what? Yeah, boys and girls sitting together. Oh, oh my god. They're sitting at the same fire. That's like sus as fuck. Oh my god, they're totally dating. They're totally gonna get together. <laughs> god damn it. Oh no. One day. <laughs> One day. This will happen. 
I don't know what it is, but it will. Is it this day? One day. Every, like, you're giving me so many Posh Spice vibes right now. It's like the little black dress shirt. Oh, yeah. The, like, <laughs> super I rolled up my slick sleeves. hair. All of this? <laughs> Fantastic. All right, should have glasses on. No. No, glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not that it's bad. It's just that then you can dramatically whip them off if needed. Like Josiah. Yeah, exactly. But better. Uh, I'm into it. I'm into it. I dig Maybe it. Maybe I'll shave my head. Aside I'd be head. so jealous of you if you did that. So Maybe. fucking jealous. I'm so mad I have stupid poodle hair. It's it's not fine. I can't shave the side of my head like I wanted to. I'll just have to settle for my extra piercings and blue. I'm so excited to see your piercings. They exist. Hooray. Hooray. Anyways. Anyways. Back to what we were talking about. This is when I knew. This was the moment. Uh... The girl that looks like Rachel Gwendolyn came over to talk and she was like, this is often a stopping point for soldiers and you're probably going to see a few tonight. This is a stopping point for them and they like to tell stories and, you know, they're going to tell you stories. And then like she skips off and Rio's like, all right, uh, sure, that's going to happen to me. And then like Gwendolyn just looks like not out a window, not outside, like no line of sight happened. Gwendolyn just looks off and goes, here's George now. And then like this man walks in, like that's when I'm like, oh, so we're doing this, we're doing this fucking shit. All right, all right then. And uh, anyways, the guy comes over to Rio, like beelines it over there and holds out a hand for her to shake and is missing like so many fingers. Like he has a thumb and one finger Everything else is gone, and Rio like pauses before shaking his hand, and is like, "Well, oh, all right," and like does it. Um, and you know the guy's like, "I'm going to tell you a story now," and Rio's like, "Oh, I don't want to hear it, but like I'm a really polite girl, so oh, all right." Yep, that's just how that's just how it is sometimes. It do be like that sometimes. Yep. Like, listen, I'm making fun of Rio right now. In this situation, would I be there for 18 hours listening to a man talk about his war stories? Yes. <laughs> yes. Would I pee? No. I, no. Would, I would try to be like, can I? Can I? All right. All right. Yep. All right. Would I, like, could I be dying? Could I be suffering immensely? And would I interrupt him? No. I would not interrupt. My kidney, my kidney's ruptured. Uh, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> You could be dead on your chair and still be listening to him. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. Yeah. So, like, I get it. I'm digging on Rio right now, but, like, I get it. It's only because it's a a harsh truth that we all know. Yeah. Yeah, it's the harsh reality of when people talk. Rather die than be rude. Yeah, pretty much. Shall we visit the ghost of Christmas past? Spooky. (laughs) All right. Okay, I know this is a Christmas, but 
it's also kind of a Halloween because of ghosts, right? Like, right. Y- yes. Like, yes. Yeah, it is a little Halloween-y because of the ghosts. But, like, where I got tripped up was that the Christmas story also has the ghosts. Oh, like the actual. Like, mm-hmm. the actual one also has ghosts. Also, Nightmare Before Christmas has skeletons. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. We can live like Jack and Sally if we want. Sorry, time to launch. No, it was just that that's like that song came skidding into my head. (laughs) I was like, "Whoa, where are you? Where are you?" (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh no. All right, to the ghost of Christmas past, George Fisher. So George Fisher's like, so I was out in the trenches fighting. Things were bad. It was wet. And sometimes it rained and the trenches filled up with water and you just had to stand in it for 83 days. It's like, I remember one young man in particular who refused to take his boots off because he was too scared to find out what he had done. Um, I, but I guess one day they tackled him to the ground, took his boots off and the, the skin came off with the socks. They did, they did come off together. Um, and then it was so gross. gross. He did also have black toes that were dead. Yeah. Like the way this was described was just so disgusting. It was pretty gross. Yeah. It's like, it's like. I don't even know. Just like something that dissolves over time. Mm-hmm. Like the skin lifted off. It and did. Just floated in the boot. Oh. Yep. Trench foot, everybody. Trench foot. It's lovely. Mm. Yeah. And like they also went hard on the smell descriptors. Like when they took the boot off, it smelled like something that had been dead for a while because it was. It was. It Ew. was. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah, he straight up lost an entire foot. Oh, maybe. Oh, the guy, the bazooka guy mm-hmm. from uh, what's his face's platoon. That they borrowed to go blow up tanks in Purple Hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Jeanneau was like, "Oh, like he didn't he didn't die or anything, but he's not going to run any foot races anytime soon." It's like we thought, like, oh, maybe he like got his leg shot or like blown up or something, but maybe he got trench foot. Could just be trench foot. Shit. Could just be trench foot for sure. Anyway. So one thing that's always blown my mind about World War One is how much they talk about the rats in the trenches, like how they were so overrun with rats. And so like people that would have this issue of trench foot, like the rats would run over and like eat your like feet. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel... I gotta feel like at some point you're just like lying down, like trying to take a nap, and there's just rats eating you while you. Yeah, they would just like bite at you while this was happening. And like at your ears and shit, too. So, like, you'd be like hanging out there, and all of a sudden, like, the rat would be like chewing on the cartilage and like shit, and it's just not great. 
I like I like a rat. They're very cute and smart yeah. and great, but oh they were God. starving. Like I mean, they were also at war. The rats were at war. They, I mean, yeah, and the like rats didn't have any rations because it all went to the soldiers. Yeah, like everyone was out of food, and then the rats were like, "Yeah, but I could like live inside this carcass and eat it from the inside out." And they were like, "Oh, I mean, don't do that, rat." But people were eating rats too. I bet. I'm sure they were. I'm sure they they would be like, stop eating my dead toes. I'm going to eat you back. It's the circle of life. <laughs> it's a rat eat person world. It's a rat eat rat world, I guess. They, they weren't hanging out together cooking delicious Parisian food. No, they were fucking eating each other's faces off. Which is not a euphemism for making out <laughs> in this scenario. <laughs> It's a very real thing that happened. Bite the nose and the face and the ears and the eyeballs. Anyway, yeah. this is fine. So anyways, the rats were starving. They didn't mention the rats in here. This was an ad that I thought we needed to talk about. <laughs> Logical ad. Oh, no, I'm a monster. All yeah. right. This guy lost his toes and a foot. And it was it was just really bad. Uh, but this story is not about that man. This story is about George and Pinky, two boys reminding families who were BFFs in their squad together. And the one day they're like, "Hey, great idea! You know how we're in trench warfare right now? You know that that old chestnut. What if we dig a hole to the other trench, come up underneath them? Surprise! We're here." And no matter what, like, if that was a good or bad idea, that doesn't matter. What matters is that George and Pinky were the ones that they were like, you have to go and do this because you know about mining. They tried to let some other guys do it. They were fucking idiots. Didn't work out. So they're like, all right, you two are in charge. And at first, this was great. Like, they just got to hang out, shoot the shit all day. They got to eat great food because they're like, oh, my God, these boys are just digging holes all day, so we got to feed them better. And then, like... And then it started to get weird. Like, you know, because they are digging, like, they were, like, 75 feet underground. So, like, they're in the dark all day. They're digging all day. They can hear the Germans doing this same plan around them, digging towards them. So, like, they can just hear, like, you know, that, like, scritching, scratching around. Like, basically, the corpse under the floorboard scenario is happening right now in real time. And uh, it all came to a head one day when they were down there digging. The oxygen, very low. Cigarettes will not even light. And that, my friends, is our problem. Cigarettes. George won them fair and square from Pinky. Pinky did not bring them. He only brought enough for himself. So George launched at him. They were tussling, they were fighting, and the Germans heard them. So the next thing they know, there's a fucking explosion. This hole opens up above them. There's a grenade dropped down onto him. It explodes George gets hurt, but Pinky loses like an entire fucking leg and most of the other one, he's bleeding out and George is like, no, I'll try to save him. Like the only saving grace at this point is that the explosion recovered them in debris. So they're in this tiny little pocket of a cavern with like zero oxygen. Pinky's just screaming, crying out, bleeding everywhere. In fact, it's so bad that like the dirt underneath of George is becoming mud because Pinky's blood is mixing with it and creating this like slew layer of mud blood and uh 
It was a relief when Pinky finally died because he stopped crying out, like, please save me and for his mom and shit. So he was like, oh, thank God. Several more hours before the side of that cavern opened up and a hand appeared. And George grabbed it and he was pulled out by one of his squad mates that he fucking hated. This dude sucks. This is the gear of their unit. Nobody likes him. Like, at all. Dude was a dick. But he was like, man, we were wearing the same uniform, though. And I needed to get out of that hole. (laughs) So, they have a (laughs) heart-to-heart. This is a lesson. This is a lesson. We don't really know it yet. This was before it was very apparent that we were getting, like, a specific takeaway lesson. Instead Mm -hmm. of just, like, kind of an overarching feeling lesson. Yep, yep. Very specific. So, um, yeah, he's like, doesn't, you know what? Soldiers wearing the same uniform means more than who you like as a person. And George kind of wraps this story up nicely in a bow. And then Rio starts like looking around the room at everybody, like sleeping, talking quietly, playing cards, whatever. And wondering when they all kind of moved away from her. And George looks at the clock and is basically like, would you look at the time? I've got to go. So he stands up to leave, and as he turns around, Rio notices that the entire back of his uniform is just covered in blood. And that's how that chapter ends. Hooray! Yeah. And the guy felt so bad for wanting Pinky to just die because he was so sick of, like... So bad, but, like... Yeah. Like, that's, that's a situation, though. Yeah. Like, you are trapped underground. The air is running out. Yeah. You know that he is, like, in his death throes. And you're, like, he's literally, like, wasting oxygen, screaming out for whoever. But also, this is my best friend. But also, I wish they'd just die so they'd stop doing this. Shit! Fuck Michael Grant. Yeah. God. He's... He loves that shit. He's a monster. He is a monster. <laughs> like he's like he just he wants to put people in like it, not that he wants to put people, but he wants to show people that have been put in these like these like dehumanizing situations and these like primal sort of like it's killer be killed situations. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking ah, so good. Damn. Yeah, like, damn. Damn, damn. Daniel, damn. Damn, damn. Back at it again with the white face. <laughs> Are you fucking ready for this next oh, chapter? I don't even know anymore, man. I don't even know. Also, trigger warnings. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of them. Yep. Um, Including sexual assault. So, yep. trigger warnings, trigger warnings, yep. trigger warnings. Uh, yeah. Okay. Next chapter. By the way, when this person was introduced for a second, I was like, is this rainy? But then I was like, no, no, no. But like for just a split second, I'm like, is this rainy? So that's where my head was at. You're welcome. Okay. Rio looks around the pub at all of her fellow soldiers or not yet soldiers, but maybe we'll soon be. And she judges the shit out of them. Like, she is just like, fuck all these people. The only one who could be a soldier is me. And maybe, maybe stick. 
maybe. She thinks so highly of herself. She does. And it was like a, a weird, like, I don't know if I detected that in the books. Yeah. But maybe she was just really grumpy. Yeah, I'd be really grumpy. For sure. Like, I get that, though. Like, she is, of all of the women in the the unit that they're working with, like, she's, she talks about Kat. Like, you know, Kat also, like, she thinks she could come to respect her because she's just, like... There was some other stuff mixed in with this about, like, she never flirts with boys. She never flirts with anybody. There's something weird there. I can't quite put my finger on it kind of talk. But that aside, she's like, yeah, Kat's, like, pretty reliable. But, like, Jillian and Janelle, like, what the fuck is up with them? There's a lot of, like, kind of, like, internalized misogyny sort of, like, Mm-hmm. Oh, because you guys aren't any good and you're not trying, like you're you're making girls look bad and mm-hmm. I don't know. That was really interesting. Yeah, because I like I know that's a thing. That's a thing with all sorts of marginalized communities. But like, yeah, yep. And that like absolutely that like narrative of like why are you making it harder on us? Why are you making it harder on us? Yeah. Like do better. Yeah. Yep. So that's where we are. That's where that's where Rio's head's at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just watching Cat Preeling win a hand of poker against Gear, and <laughs> a gloat. Uh, and Jillian's drawing in her book. Jeanneau is looking at all the boys, assessing, and she sees Jack writing a letter. And she's like, "Well, his parents are dead, so I wonder if he's writing to his girlfriend." Like, <laughs> what a leap, Rio! What a fucking leap! <laughs> oh my god. You could just talk to him, Rio. Yeah, you could. You could just Instead of just judging him like a jerk. She was judging fucking everybody. Like, oh, he's very dirty. She even I I skipped over this, but she did have some other like weird shit with Hanzu Pang too. Where she's like, mm-hmm. he's sitting alone. What a weirdo. She is also sitting alone, but she, <laughs> okay. And then she's like, and he looks Japanese. And then she's like, well, like I don't actually know what a Japanese person looks like. Like I only know what Asians look like. And I'm like, okay, so I'm glad you recognize your own racism. I'm just <laughs> not sure what to make of this. Right. Oh, God. Uh, I miss Hansu Pang. I miss Hansu Pang so much. I'm so pissed that he died. Me too. So I He deserved more than like so many other people an arc after the war, which is really the real moral of war stories is that so many people deserve an arc after war and they will never get it. I hate it. Because war is foobar. War is foobar. (laughs) I almost mixed up foobar and FOMO for a minute. (laughs) War is FOMO. (laughs) FOMO over war. No, I don't. Oh boy. Oh boy. Rio had FOMO over war. Rio did have war FOMO. <laughs> that fool. Anyway. Anyways, um, yeah, so she's she's just judging the shit out of people. Uh, and then she has that thought about, like, Kat may be the only person that can aid the view of the female soldier that's here today. And as if summoned, Kat walks over and is like, did you see all the money I just stole off gear. I fucking took three spot of whoops and put them up next to the shiggly buffs. And then he was a fucking weirdo with the scorpions. And so I won the card game, which is 
how Rio viewed this card game, but also Alex's understanding of poker. You're welcome. So she just, whatever, took his money, and Kat's like, I can teach you how to play, and Rio's like, I don't like to be fully awake when you take all my money off of me, and Kat's like, ha fair enough. I'm going to go to the bathroom, and walks away. And that is when a young woman sits down next to Rio and is like, hey, you got a light? And Rio's like, yeah, and like lights up her cigarette. And the woman's like, oh my God, I'm so rude. Would you like a cigarette? And Rio's like, no, I'm good. But then like she's like really looking at this woman because she noticed like that the cigarette carton had super weird like characters and stuff on it. She's like, I don't recognize any of that. And she's like looking at her in this like weird mix of like khaki clothing, but then like multiple sweaters that are like too big for her. These like homespun wool sweaters. And Rio's like, oh, it looks like she kind of like took those like from somebody that wasn't like that was bigger than her or like maybe they fit her, but then she shrunk away. Whatever. Rio's like, what's your name? And she's like, Tatiana. And Rio's like, that's not an English name but you're real good at speaking English. And Tatiana's like, I've literally never spoken English in my life. And they're both like, whoa. What's going on? What's going on? Um, yeah, so they get through that moment. And uh, Rio's like, all right, so like, what's your story? And Tatiana begins describing her home life where she's like, I lived with my mother and my sister and my father on this farm and we had cows. And like, it's this really like wonderful way that was kind of hard to capture in note taking of like how they did this of like Tatiana being like, yeah, and then we lived at a farm and we did this like, uh, and then like mimes milking a cow. And Rio's like, cows! Oh my god, my family was into cows too. And like they they have all these like beautiful connection points. Uh and then Rio like is kind of like, okay, sorry, like I interrupted you. Like tell it go on, tell me what your story was. And that's when the really like picks up. So we start getting the story of what Tatiana's home life was like. And it was awful. So she has this this farm with her mom and her sister her dad leaves her work during the day so it's like the three of them and that's where they were one day when these german soldiers showed up and they're like we're gonna take the cows and her mother's like no i'm not handing them over to you and the german soldier immediately smashes the mom's face with the butt of his rifle and like caves her head in like does critical damage and her sister cries out rushes over and when she rushes over to the mom, this other soldier bayonets her right in the stomach and she dies. And then the soldiers took Tatiana to the barn and used her, as she said. And she thinks that these soldiers absolutely intended to kill her, but before they could, they were interrupted by this higher ranking officer calling them out. So they took all the cows, they left her, they burned down the house and the barn and her father later comes home to find this scene and is like, I've got to find some help for the mom. And so he leaves and he never comes back. So things just went south really, really fast for her. Um, but eventually Tatiana starts living in the woods. She starts living off of mushrooms and berries and whatever else she can find until she runs into a man with a large pipe. And she was like, I was immediately afraid that he was going to be another guy that was going to do some horrible things to me. And I honestly couldn't even care at that point because I was living like so harshly in the woods. But instead, he offers to help her saying, do you want to fight 
the people that wronged your family? And she's like, absolutely. I would love that. I want nothing more than that. And she in she kind of finds out her dad was killed too in this moment like we get we get a little insight into like her dad never came back and like so she starts talking about like what this guy's having her do training her to make grenades training her to make bombs she's shooting people she's cutting telephone wires she, basically everything they can to be this guerrilla army that's that's harassing these guys um and she during the course of this finds out that her dad was also like cornered and shot up by these these german soldiers where she really shines during this training is shooting. She's very much like Rio. She's a fantastic shot. And so one day they recover this sniper rifle and they bring her 2,000 rounds with this gun. And there's this whole exchange of like, how many of these rounds are you going to use for practice? And she said, 20. Like, okay, how many are you going to use to kill Germans? You have 180 left. And she said, 179. And this, like, just tickled everybody that was in command. Because they're like, what's the one that you're going to miss? And she's like, I'm just leaving myself some room for air. No big deal. So she trains with this gun. She takes her 20 rounds. And then we get to her first conflict where she is the sniper. They, they get word that there's this German train with fresh troops that's passing through and they immediately start traveling to the other side of these woods because they want to get away from any towns or villages. They want to hit this train when it's in the middle of the route, in the middle of nowhere, so that there can be no retaliation against a nearby town. They get there, they derail this train, and Tatiana's watching through the scope as these Germans start piling out of the train and the captain is going, don't do it, this is an ambush, this is an ambush, get back in here. And they just keep piling out because they're all green soldiers. And so they're getting shot up now. It obviously is an ambush. And she gets the captain in her sights. And she points out, this is the very picture of an Aryan man. Like, he has blonde hair, blue eye. He has, like, a cut on his cheek that, like, is clearly from an old wound or, like, an old scar on his cheek from, like, an old fight. And then she fires. And she fires four more times that night and she kills five German soldiers. And she found that every time she fired that gun that the trigger was pulled with hatred. And that was on behalf of her mother, her sister, her father. She fought for them and hated the soldiers on their behalf. They fight more battles after that and every time she's going in, she shoots as many rounds as she kills. And so then Rio asks, well, what about the one that you missed? So Tatiana smiles and launches into this last fight that she's going to tell her about. She goes, we're squaring off against the Germans and the fighting was thick and we were, you know, picking them off. Our guys were doing well. And I was just shooting people one at a time, kind of figuring out where they were, taking them out. When I saw this flash and I looked down the scope of the rifle and I see a twin one to mine. So she lines up the shot at this guy and they fire they both fire and then when Tatiana turns to Rio to say that he they both fired at the same time Rio screams because where her eye used to be was just this black pitted hole with nothing left there and Tatiana kind of slumps forward with her head on her chest as if she had been telling this act play that had ended when she was shot and then she kind of pops back up and she's like kind of upbeat about it almost like she just figured out what happened like she just realized that she was dead she figured out why she was here and 
she kind of has this, she has this metal on her chest that she taps and she goes, well, you don't get this without killing a lot of people. And there's a flash where the eye is back. Now she seems almost back to normal. But when she's done and she goes to gather her things, she turns and Rio can see the grisly wound on the back of her head where the brain matters come out and the blood and the bone. And when she turns back around, she sees her eye is gone again. And Tatiana kind of steps away. That's that chapter. <laughs> Yikes. It's pretty intense. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I wanted a whole book on Tatiana, if I'm being honest. Holy shit. Yeah. Intense as fuck. That was intense as fuck. Should we visit the ghost of Christmas future? The future ghost. The future ghost. All right. Gear is suddenly standing over Rio going, what are you having a nightmare? Fucking idiot. Why are you yelling? Because Gear's a dick. Fuck off, Gear. Fuck off, Gear. Why are you like this? <laughs> and then Jack's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's not. And Rio's like, shut the fuck up, both of you. Jack, don't come to my defense. Gear, don't be a dick. Um, and she has this whole inner narrative about, like, I have to stand on my own two feet. I can't show weakness. I have to, like, you know, I'm in it for myself, blah, blah, blah. And Gear, like, fucks off. And yep. Rio's like, oh, I should apologize to Jack a little bit. And then she's like, mm, that does defend defeat my purpose of standing on my own two feet and not needing anybody. So I won't. It's fine. So I won't. I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a strong, independent woman, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Exactly. Like, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, don't be. I started it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, she won't apologize to Jack. Instead, she's like, I'm going for a walk, and... A few minutes ago, it may have seemed like an invitation, but it was pretty clear now that it wasn't. So Rio wanders outside, and suddenly behind her, somebody clears his throat, and Rio spins in his face to face with a black man wearing the strangest uniform she has ever seen. It is beige and yellow, and it has these plates under it, and his name is, like, stitched onto his chest, and she's like, what the fuck are you wearing? That's not what she says. She doesn't say fuck. I'm sorry. I added that in. That was wrong. She doesn't say any of that. Um, this man, his uniform says Charles, and he very wryly like, asks her, don't you know you should salute a lieutenant? And Rio's just like stunned and like snaps this salute. And she's like both stunned because this strange man showed up wearing future clothes that was weird, but also because he is a black man. She's confused top to bottom doesn't know what to do so that's where she's at and uh of course like this lieutenant charles is like this is fucking weird but like i just got orders to come talk to this world war ii girl i don't know either man so it's it's a very good vibe charles, charles. <laughs> oh. so yeah rio snaps a salute and he starts asking her like do you get it now do you get what's happening and uh, then he points out that he's the ghost of war future, which, sorry, my notes say war, like W-A-W-R, 
Wubber. It's just a great typo that I love for myself. It's better for it's better for my my wubber typer. So he's like, I'm the ghost of war future. Tatiana was the ghost of war present. And then he says she died not an hour ago. And that fucked me up worse than like past or future. Yep. Like, I don't know what happened when he was like, she died like less than an hour ago. I was like, what? What? What the fuck? Yep. <laughs> I'm just making faces. Just, I was like, where are we going with this? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Because yeah. it's, it's the Nazis and and she's from World War II. Yeah, but like when they were like present, I was like, okay, so she's from World War II. I don't know what it was, but like there was something about the detail that she died within an hour that like just threw me for a loop. I don't know. I don't know. She literally Wait. walked off the death field and into the Rio's dreamscape. <laughs> into the Rioscape. Into the Rioscape. It's like the metaverse. The metaverse. The Rioverse. <laughs> I don't know. Oh no. Charles. <sighs> Charles. So yeah. Uh he explains this and then he's like, and we're all here to teach you a lesson. And then he's like, why don't we go inside now? And there's this great moment of like, he walks into this pub with Rio following him, like baffled. And he's like wafting away the smoke. Like, oh my God, this shit will kill you. Like, what are you guys doing? And uh, of course then like the, oh, I guess it doesn't matter for me anymore. But like, holy shit, you guys smoked a lot. And they walk right past Jack who doesn't acknowledge Charles at all. Like it's it's pretty clear he doesn't see Charles because based on the time they're in, he would have fucking reacted. So, anyways, he walks up to the bar and the old bartender just starts filling up a pint for him. Like he's he sees him again. It's those roomy eyes I'm telling you they see into the ghost first. I see dead people. Sees dead people. <laughs> telling you. Um. So he he gets in this beer and Lieutenant Charles was like, oh, this is fantastic. Like he settles in and then launches into his own story. And Rio is so taken aback. He's like, so we're fighting this desert war. We're stationed in this small town, but there was no threat there. In fact, we had given the people polio vaccines and Rio's like, wait, polio vaccines. And he's like, don't worry about it. You'll find out about this later. It's a whole thing. Uh, and so he's talking about how, like, this town was, like, very chill. It was just, like, men with their wives and children. There's no Taliban there at all. And he starts talking about, like, the eye in the sky and how, like, they had that technology that was watching these areas so they would know, like, if there's any activity right away. And Rio's like, what the fuck is an eye in the sky? And he's like, can you just fucking pretend to know what I'm talking about? Because it's going to make my life easier if you don't question me. And uh, then also there's that, like, moment of, like, can I ask you what happens in the future? And he's like, absolutely not. So we also have that going on. You'll break the time continuum. You'll break the time continuum, Rio, if you know about the eye in the sky. You can't. 
I would also, sorry, side note, I also want the story 20 years from now when Rainy and Rio are talking about something and then Rio goes like, oh, so you got that eye in the sky technology working yet? And Rainy's like, what the fuck? How do you know? And she'll be like, a spooky ghost. <laughs> I saw a ghost of a man. I met a man back in Wales at a pub. He told me about the eye in the sky. Told me about polio. He told me about the polio vaccine. What if they meet? What if old Rio meets young Lieutenant Charles? No, that's that. Well, young Charles would. Well, yeah, yeah. Born in like the 70s, 80s. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's possible. It is possible. Shit. Yeah. That fucks me up real bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is fucked up. Oh, my God. Anyways, um, so the, Charles, Lieutenant Charles keeps talking, and then Rio's, like, getting really caught up in the details. And so finally he's like, just close your eyes and go with the flow. And Rio thinks about how much she likes the phrase go with the flow, and she's going to use it. And then suddenly when she closes her eyes, she's sucked into the perspective of this woman that Charles works with, Sergeant McAvoy. And they're suddenly scrambling up this rocky cliff and it's hot and there's like all these jagged stones everywhere. And she's watching as like the other soldiers around her are training their weapons on stuff. And like the weapons look really weird because they're like technology that she will have never seen before and materials that she's never seen guns made out of before. And they're like sweeping the area. And suddenly like there's just like weird movement that they're like, oh, over there, like, we got to check this out. And the binoculars go up to Rio's eyes, and she realizes, like, oh, no, I am Sergeant McAvoy. I'm in her perspective. And she can see through these binoculars she didn't know she had. And then one of her people gets shot in the leg, and all hell kind of breaks loose. So she's, like, running over there trying to put, like, a med pack on his leg and, like, use it. Like, she's like, I've done this before. So, like, watches as these practice hands kind of, like, attach it. Then they're hit again. So instead, they decide to drag this guy out of the line of fire. And Rio just sees McAvoy's hands grabbing the fabric and pulling him. They get wedged between two large rocks. And then she looks down again, and part of this guy's face is on the ground next to them. He is being shot in the head, and he's dead. So they're like, okay, now this has moved into a different level of dangerous and awful. And uh, one of the other members of their little squad here is screaming because this was their best friend and then everything goes haywire an rpg which is rocket propelled grenade and rio doesn't know how she knows that hits nearby and sends them into this rock tumbler down this like cliff face hill face and everything goes dark and rio opens her eyes in this bar and is looking at lieutenant charles and goes oh is she dead and charles goes not not quite not quite yet. So Rio closes her eyes, and the first thing that she feels is her wrist burning because they're tied and she is bound. And she looks up and sees that there's these people talking nearby in a language she doesn't understand. And there's this tripod with something on it that's like she thinks probably some kind of camera. She can feel in her mouth that there's holes where there are teeth missing and her nose is crusted in dried blood. And then one of the men comes over and she still can't understand what he's saying, but he's holding this large curved knife. And then this guy pulls back 
Rio slash McAvoy's hair. And Rio knows exactly what happens next. She yells, no, she opens her eyes. And she knows that that's exactly how McAvoy died. And so Charles starts to finish this story. He says, well, we intercepted the carrier that had that tape. And luckily, her family never had to watch it. They never had to see it. It never leaked. But I saw it. I watched it in high def. I watched what happened. I watched how she died. And it was horrible. And I was mad. And so he calls in an airstrike on the village, knowing that that's not where the enemy were. That's not where these guys that did that to McAvoy were. But he wanted revenge. So the airstrike comes in and just levels this town and he goes there later and sees the people that he killed including a boy that was around the same age as his own son and they called it PTSD they called it heat of the moment but that wasn't it he knew what he was doing and he wanted revenge when he was returned to civilian life back to his wife and his kid it haunted him and when people would come up to him and thank him for his service he could only think no not me don't don't thank me thank McAvoy thank the others don't thank me I killed nine civilians and so he started drinking and eventually his marriage broke apart his wife moved away and took the kid and he spiraled completely out of control and on the anniversary of McAvoy's death he drank three quarters of the bottle of fine scotch and then he took his nine millimeter out and he blew his own brains out and that's when Rio notices that the back of his skull is completely opened all over the place. And he said, so I'm here to teach you a lesson. You have to forgive. You have to forgive yourself. And you have to forgive others. And you can't wait until death to learn this lesson. And Rio starts asking, why me? Why? Why? And he says, well, someone's looking out for you. So you've gotten a leg up here. And she follows his line of sight over to Gwendolyn, and it's not her, it's Rachel. She sees her sister standing there, and she sees as Charles stands up, and one by one, George, Tatiana, Charles, they all march out single file, and they're saluting and acknowledging each other. And finally, it's just Rachel standing there in her Navy uniform, dripping water all over the floor of the pub and Rio watches as her heels click together and she snaps a salute and then Jack is gently shaking Rio awake telling her it's time to get moving and she stands up she dons her pack and Jack steps forward to help her adjust the straps and Rio steps back the message is very clear do not help me Rio notes the tablecloth that Jillian has wrapped around her foot as they all are stepping outside of this pub. And Rio says, interesting. And Janot asks, what's interesting? And Rio just says, war. And that earns this snort from gear. And he goes, what do you know about war? And Rio says, three things. And Cole hears her say that she knows three things. And so he says, all right, Rio, what do you know? What three things do you know? She says, forgiveness. You've got to forgive yourself, and you've got to forgive the enemy. And Gear starts going, I'm not going to forgive anyone. But Cole goes, no, 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 stop. Rio, what were you saying? And she thinks back to Cameron and Tatiana, and she says, hate. You have to, you have to hate 
But that one doesn't sit quite right with her. It doesn't feel good to her. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to hate. And then she goes, and finally, or rather, firstly, you may not like who you're stationed with or who's in your platoon or your squad, but you have to rely on them and you have to trust them because that's who you have now. And Cole says, all right, Gear, does that sound about right by you? And Rio can practically feel him holding back a sarcastic remark. But instead, he gets a thoughtful expression on his face. And he goes, sounds about right. And Cole nods and then makes like he's about to continue on this journey before interrupting himself once again and turning around with a grin and says, oh, and by the way, Merry Christmas to all. And from the back of the line is Jillian Magrath, who replies, God bless us, everyone. That's the last line of this book. <laughs> Holy sh- I did not make the connection that Jillian was Tiny Tim with, like, the leg thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't realize that until now. Oh, my God. So silly. Holy shit. So silly. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. I was not expecting so much of this book. <laughs> Yep. Holy shit. Wow. Delightful. Delightful. <laughs> Horrible. Wonderful. Awful. It was it's, all. It's just like, it's such a goofy premise, kind of, but like, it's got all that, you know, World War II, all wars kind of horror to it. It's just such a weird mix. Oh, it's, man. It's such a, like, the. <laughs> It's it's almost like, like what I kept thinking when I was reading it is like this is like unrefined, and I don't mean that like as an insult way, but like this is unrefined like Apple Grant, right? Like they always have these very very serious things mixed with these very very goofy things. It's just mm-hmm. normally they there's more blending between the two, so you don't quite notice it when you're like dropping in and out of these things. But this one, because it was like only 85 pages, was like you yeah. got a little bit more yo-yo. So it was a little more noticeable. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought anyways. All right. Because like Damn. we get Helmicrons in the same same fucking series. We get you were brave. You were good. You mattered. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all there. Oh, oh, no. Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Is her oh phone number? Oh my god, I can't, I can't. Oh my god, so goofy. Oh my god. Yeah. Shit. But oh my god, so good. Do you think that last moment when, when Rhea was like, "You gotta like, you gotta like trust and respect your fellow soldiers, even if you don't like them." Do you think like? Like it, I think the focus was a little bit more about like Gear and Rio, but do you think Gear also took that to heart with Pang? Yeah, I, I really think that that was a big moment for Gear, and mm-hmm. I think like that was when he was having that moment of like wanting to make a sarcastic remark and then like stopping himself. Like that was, mm-hmm. I think that was a big moment for Gear. And like. There was, so I remember back, I don't know if this was in Silver Stars or whatever, where, like, Gear was coming up to Pang and being an asshole to him, and Pang finally, like, snapped back and was like, fuck off, dude. And Gear was like, all right, bye. 
And like I there was also some of that in here where like Rio told him to fuck off and instead of like doubling down, he was kind of just like, All right, cool, bye. Respect. Bye. Yeah. 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 And I just I loved that kind of like character continuation. Me too. Ugh. God, I just I remember when Gear was my least favorite character. Mm-hmm. But then there were so many worse people. <laughs> Yeah. God. Yeah. Well. We did it. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> I did not realize she was fighting Tim. <laughs> God. Like, like. Okay, so my knowledge of A Christmas Carol is pretty much just Mickey's Christmas Carol, like the Disney version with mm-hmm. like Scrooge McDuck and shit like that. Um, so I don't, I don't know the original tale or like what the original ghosts were really like, except for like the ghost of Christmas future was like the Grim Reaper or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, it wasn't a one to one with the Christmas story, Christmas Carol, fuck. Christmas story is a different thing. That's the leg lamp. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. There was, if I remember correctly, and this is one of those like. I've seen it a couple times and like only on Christmas Eve and I didn't want to like, I was just like, I want to go to bed. I'm tired. Um, (laughs) There's like a fat, happy ghost that's like party, party, party. And then there's like present, I think. Yeah. And then there's like a a super like angry ghost. And then there's the Grim Reaper. Oh. So it definitely wasn't like a one for one because like mm-hmm. there was no story where somebody came in here and was like, hey, my buddy and I got buried in a cave-in. Like, <laughs> so cool. It was great. Like, yeah, yeah, it was not that at all. But then. So, it's, yeah, so it's like, OK, this is like lucid based on it, whatever. Like, you know, there's kind of like people in roles. But then fucking Jillian McGrath with literally the, the fucking tables on there after on the like. <laughs> That just kills me. That, like, that was amazing. Fuck. He set that up the entire fucking book, he start did. to finish. From the very first page, she lost her boot. Mm-hmm. God. I can't. That's just so goofy. It's so goofy. And, like, it's so goofy, but then, like, the story, the little vignettes of each one of the people was insane and like I okay here's the other thing like for me like there's I read those like kind of first person accounts of like World War 2 and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but it is like a whole different ball game like I I remember when those tapes were like yeah, coming out and th- yeah. that was a whole different ball game to be like oh I remember living through that actually mm-hmm. and that certainly added something that I wasn't expecting yeah yeah as soon as I as Saria was like describing the, the tripod and the camera on top of it I was like oh right yeah yeah like the whole series is set in the 40s mm-hmm. and then like I, I just kind of like got comfortable in that time period and then 
Michael Grant pulled me out of it and was like, this happened when you were a kid. And it's like, oh, yeah, it did, didn't it? Shit. Yeah, like. Sort of bizarre. It is, it is really bizarre to, because, like, we know the, the history of it in a World War Two, and, like, we know the, the account, like, I've read a lot of the accounts and, like, know a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff that went on, but it is different when you actually are like i remember living through that yeah like world war ii maybe seems more far removed mm-hmm. from our personal experience I don't yeah it's it's odd plus i still feel like a kid like i don't feel like i should have lived through anything and then i find out sometimes i've lived through <laughs> things and i don't know what to do about that <laughs> i'm just a child yeah i'm like shit i like probably like the biggest decision I should be making is like what icing Dunkaroos I'm gonna be buying at the store later. And like Oh my god. Oh all of a sudden they're like, Hey, remember when there was those fucking tapes of people being beheaded? And I was like, Oh Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it doesn't help that the nineties are very popular right now. Just going back to the Dunkaroos. Yeah, the nineties are very popular. I it's just like, relive your childhood. No. No. no it, I, the parts that I want, you're not bringing back. The 30-second <laughs> music keychains, the little animals <laughs> on the gears. You're not bringing it back, man. The 90s. The 90s. How, how did you feel about the story overall? Did you like it? Did you want more? Did you want less? I mean, I... I liked it i would have liked to have explored more i was i was really interested in tatiana's story but Mm -hmm. i could have explored more of any of of the ghost stories like any of them i would have liked more of of them and what they were doing Mm -hmm. but um overall it was like the correct length for this thing i feel Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm I liked it. It. I, I feel like I'm still kind of sorting through my confusion a little bit. Like, not not confusion. That's not the right word. I'm like still sorting through the roller coaster that I was just on, and I'm not sure. quite at equilibrium yet. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to genuinely assess what I just read. Yeah. How are you feeling? Um, pretty good. I like. I like. I really liked that Michael Grant took like a kind of common story and just like put his own spin on it. I love that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was definitely weird. Like going back in time a little bit um, to, to where the characters were mm-hmm. versus where they that, ended yeah. up. That threw me off really badly. Yeah. But like, I don't know if we would have been, better off like saving this for in between frontlines no. and silver stars yeah no i don't think so i like honestly it's it's a me problem not a this book problem I, it's yeah, literally because yeah. we're coming off the end yeah of that and like we had all the growth and we had the wrap up mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we're like hey remember back here and we're like wait what <laughs> what that was months ago i don't remember anything yep can't do this to me yeah, it's a it's a me problem, not a this book problem. Yeah, yeah. You excited for the next short one that we're reading? Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Me but... either. I didn't know anything about this one either. 
Yeah, it's. I think it's better that way. I agree. I was really taken aback when I realized it was a Christmas story, though. I was like, what? Huh? It's Christmas? It's Christmas. It crazy, man. Because, like, I feel like, I feel like I was like, oh, shit. I should be reading this at Christmas now. And there's no rule that says that. Nope. You can read it's a book fine. anytime. Is it better at Christmas or would it make you sad because of all the horrors that lie within? I would, I would be fine with it at Christmas. Okay. I just thought like, oh shit, am I breaking rules by not no. reading this at Christmas? No, this is, this is America. You can do whatever you want, except when you can't for whatever fucking can't reason. Can't take your shirt off. You can't wear a duck on your head what wait what why not there's some there's some weird law in some state that says like you can't walk around with a duck on your head i don't know oh like the ones that's like you can't feed your horse ice cream on a tuesday in a parade yeah 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 Yeah. one of those weird like edge case like not even uh i still think you should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law when you break those ones for fun for fun it's a great goof you get to go to prison for you get not to to hurting prison. anyone. You had a pocket full of legumes, and no one likes that. Directly <laughs> to jail with you. You had sex before marriage and accidentally a baby to the jail with you. <sighs> Should you feed your horse ice cream? Um, no. Probably not. Would I? Yeah, I'd try it. Just a little bit. Like a little bit. Yeah, like a little bit. Like, give him a taste. She's, like, she's hundreds of pounds. It's fine. Yeah. It's a little tiny bit. It's like, it's fine. It is a horse, though, so it might not be fine. Yeah, they will probably explode. As horses are wont to do. For no reason. For no fucking reason. Like, <laughs> ghost reasons. That's it. <laughs> no, they have roomy eyes. Oh, they can see the fucking ghosts. They can see the the ghosts of of war, past, present, and future. Shit. And they're like, look at all that gore. I don't like that. I'm gonna run into that fence. Straight, straight into the fence. Yeah. If I electrocute myself on the fence, then I can't see the ghosts. Yep. The law, the the lawless is flogic. Wow. The lawless is flogic. No one can argue that electricity dispels ghosts temporarily. It's true. That's why you got those electromagnetic mm-hmm. uh, thing. Yep. The EMP readers. <laughs> electromagnetic pulses. You were you were saying all the right words. Was I? Yes. But I don't think it shoots out electricity. I mean, that is the thing the from ghosts. the Matrix that kills the robots, but still. Is it? It is. That's how they, in the Matrix. Oh, my God. I don't remember anything from the Matrix except for the really awkward sex orgy. Yeah, so after the sex orgy in the third one, when they're in the real world and not the Matrix, they start it with an EMP that kills the squid robots that are chasing them through the tunnels, the Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, oh, oh. Is it the third movie where he fights all the Agent Smiths? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And it's just Hugo weaving going like... Hello. Hello, Neo. Hello. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. 
You must take the ring to Mordor. Yep. That's the only rule. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't be. I am. Oh my god. I Oh my god. I want to watch Priscilla Queen of the Desert. I don't know what that is. Hugo Weaving, Patrick Swayze, and someone else. Okay. It's very queer, and I want to see it. Okay. And apparently it's great. I dig it. Yay! Alright! Anyway, horse ice cream, where the fuck can that people find us? They can write us an email at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Book Club, or they can find us on Twitter at Apple Grant Cast or Animorphs Anon or Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Cast. Uh, you can find us on all of those places, and you can find our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, on Facebook, which is where we talk about secret things. Can they also find us on a Discord server? Oh yeah, for show. Fuck yeah. And if you want to find that Discord server, you'll have to find us on any of our other socials and be like, excuse me, Casey and Alex, I would please like some more, some more content from you. Please hand me the link to the Discord server in my little child's bowl. And I will do it and I'll be like, God bless us everyone. <laughs> yes, Tiny Tim, you may have another portion. Sure, Tiny Tim, you may have another Discord goose slice. You've earned it by being poor and small. I assume that's the message that they were trying to impart on me. Wait, wait. Tiny Tim's dad was the guy who worked for, for Scrooge. Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was like, can I please have a bonus? Cause I to buy my, break my son a new leg, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, fuck no. Just fuck your son and his stupid leg. you put a log on the fire and I have to pay for that, so you don't get... Was that really it? He put a log on the fire? There was something about... I mean, I, I know there was something. I just can't remember what that something is. Yeah. I always yeah. thought he was just an asshole who was like, no. I mean, he was that, too. Yeah. I think it depends on the, the version. I don't know. Anyway, he 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 cuckolded the man of money, and then he <laughs> saw that his son was very sickly and needed a new leg. Yes. If you want to correct any of that lore, join our Discord and tell us <laughs> what the How plot of that fucking movie was. Fuck. <laughs> Michael Caine was the Scrooge in The Muppets Christmas Carol. I will never see that version. Not even for Michael Caine? Not even for Michael Caine. Okay. I just, I don't, I also don't like The Muppets. That's fine. And then everybody's like, you gotta watch their space adventure. No, I fucking don't. No, you don't. (sighs) And, like, you could watch Tim Curry and Michael Caine in many other movies that don't involve Muppets. Yeah, there's Fern Gully, which has Tim Curry in it. Sexy, toxic smoke man, Tim Curry. Mm -hmm. 
singing about sexy, toxic shit. Toxic love. <laughs> like that. Anyway, we have a Discord server. Do that. Um, we also have almost all our episodes on our YouTubes. Um, all of our Animorphs Anonymous podcast episodes. I need to queue up more of the, the other ones. Nice. At some point. Nice. But it is not the nice, same. Nice, um, nice. But yeah, if you want to listen to us talk about the Animorphs books, go on our YouTube and do that. Um, that's at Strong Shape International. Um, what the fuck else? Hey. No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. I won't. Yes, and. <laughs> all right. Well, fine. Let me go to a URL um, that I'm just going to write Casey a message at since she stopped me. And that is patreon.com slash KCD studios. And go to that. I'm going to pay her a denomination. I mm, Let's do $80. And uh, then I'm just going to write her message. Casey, I don't appreciate that you didn't yes and me just now. And I've sent that to your Patreon. With $80. With $80. Okay. That's the the amount of my displeasure. It was $80 worth of displeasure <laughs> that you didn't let me continue this outro. Wait, don't I owe, owe you $80 for, for cock blocking your yes and? I don't know. Oh. I've sent you $80 to express how displeased I am. Um, if you're frustrated with me and want to send me $80, you can go to my patreon.com slash Studios because I make and draw a webcomic called Beside You. you if you don't want to send me $80, you can also read it for free at besideyoucomic.com and at Thomas and Webtoons. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know why you're sorry. I feel like I resolved the issue with the message I sent you, so... I'm I'm back to equilibrium now. Uh for only five million dollars per month, you could have the Slater cast yeah. right now. You could be listening to it right fucking now. Right. And that's where Dan and I talk about why Slater is the best character. And Tim doesn't talk about why Danny's the best character. Because <laughs> Tim doesn't know anything. We're gonna bully him now. Oh no. <laughs> oh man. But Tim bullies you on a different podcast that you're both on mm-hmm. about how you how you talk sometimes. Yeah. Do you wanna yeah. do you wanna tell the audience about that? I do. It's about some words that I say, and these are the ones that I say normally. It's horse girls. That's a normal way to say those words. And that's the podcast that Tim and I are on, but also Jenna's there, which means the quality goes up tenfold because famous Jenna's there to wrangle Tim and I. When we start saying things like horse goose. Wrangle, because it's a horse podcast. Uh-huh. She lassos the shit out of us. I that's I mean, that's what Jenna used to do Ooh. when she when she was riding horses. She was a uh a rainer rainer? No. She lassoed. She lassoed people. A wrangler? I think she was a rainer. Was what she did. I think that's what it was called, the specific division of what she did. It doesn't Jenna matter. Jenna correct us. She, yeah, Jenna correct us on host girls or here. Um, yeah, but she she would lasso people, and she promised to teach us how to use a lasso so that we could all try to lasso each other. Fun. So anyways, this is the type of shit that goes down on horse girls. <laughs> 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 we're like, we're going to talk about 
a young adult horse book, which we've talked about all the Heartland books now. We have every single one of them has been published now. Um, and we are into new series and new books and guests that help us talk about other books in between our, our seasons of young adult novels. And most of the time we're just talking about how we're going to lasso the shit out of each other. Great. Fantastic. I'm going to do it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to lasso people. Oh shit. That's right. I have other podcasts. Yeah. I forgot about those. <laughs> I got very, I got very into horse girls. Oh, no. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, do you like animals? I bet you do. I'm on an Animorphs D&D podcast called Dungeons and Draken Beams, where I play Savannah, who is my favorite character on the show because I play her. <laughs> and she, she has an awesome... Listen, my, my logic is flawless. Yes. How do we put that earlier? My lawless is flogic. Yep. So... Um, I love Savannah. I play her on the show. We do a live play version every other Sunday, and there's a podcast of it that's edited and has cool sound stuff. And you could uh, come check it out and hang out with us. And uh, we also have a Discord for that where we talk about shit. We also have a Discord for Horse Girls. Come check it out. Come check all of it out. Look at it. That's what I've got. Look at it. Oh, wait. Shit. I have other podcasts. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But wait, there's more. Nightmare. But wait, there's more. Oh my god! You're an infomercial of your own life. I am, and I'm like, roll, roll on. Apply directly to forehead. Is that what it is? Is that the (laughs) head on? Apply directly to the forehead. Head on. Apply directly to forehead. (laughs) Crazy. Um, there's Cabinet Crisis. Is a Superboy podcast, and there is. Uh, soup salad sandwich those two are on hiatus but hey every once in a while drew and i get together and do dinos with drew so that's something that's kind of like cabinets to crisis if david wasn't there which is a detriment to us all but it is something alex and i except d- david's coming up what david's gonna be coming <gasps> on that's exciting it is exciting uh alex and austin and i do art corners every month on a tuesday mm-hmm. Uh, you can check those out at twitch.tv slash czdrop and we'll try and announce those when they happen uh, yeah and maybe another project oh, that we're yeah. working on mm-hmm. huh. Huh. which we can actually genuinely announce very soon <gasps> maybe when this one comes out we could genuinely announce it's it it's coming you guys gotta get excited it's about it they're, they're on the edge of their seats they're on the tip of their seats, the edge of glory, and they're hanging on a moment with you. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I think that's Lady Gaga? Yep. Nice. Nailed I was going to give you credit, but that one's great. Oh, thank you. I am secretly Lady Gaga. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, speaking of giving people credit for music, thank you to Jess for our awesome theme music that we love. <gasps> thank you, Jess. Thank you, Jess. We love this music. It's great. Yeah? I don't know. It's gone. My thought. Okay. It was there for a moment. Singlethoughtconnection.com. Go there. Singlethoughtconnection.com. T-H-O-T. That's a jingle. That's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Thanks, Lady Gaga. You're welcome. I am Lady Gaga, and this has been my song. (laughs)